Will the Tennessee Titans trade up to number three with the Arizona Cardinals? If so, what are they trading up for? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL, National Scout over with the Draft Network, and your favorite and local running back guru. And always the champ is here with me, my boy, Keith Sanchez, and you can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Talk to him, Keith. Locked on family, what's going on, man? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst at the Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, man, 2019 national champ. Yes, those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, right? You know why the dynamic duo is here, and that's to bring you championship-level content surrounded around the NFL draft, whether that's prospects, whether that's perspectives, whether that's philosophy. DP, man, we have a hell of a slate lined up, man. We got some stock up, stock down. We have, you know, a conversation about Coach K's key thoughts, right? And I think I have a rather interesting one coming up, man. And then let's get this thing started off, DP, talking about those Tennessee Titans and what they may or may not do as far as moving up and down their draft board. Yeah, Keith, I saw a report yesterday uh, that – was it uh, Dan Jeremiah from NFL Network stating that the team to watch in terms of moving up into the top four, trading up, is the Tennessee Titans. And that pick that they're targeting or should target is the Arizona Cardinals, Keith. And that, spe- that, that right there signifies one thing, quarterback. They're not moving up for a tackle because they can get a tackle at 12 or 11, whichever pick. They, I think they have 11th pick or whatnot. Um, they're not moving up for – an edge rusher, I don't think they're moving up for Will Anderson, Keith. Like, this signifies that Malik Willis is not the answer. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's not the answer. This gotta be a move for a quarterback, Keith. I, I DP, I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because I just keep thinking about everything that's transpired with the Tennessee Titans, right? You go back to draft day when they traded AJ Brown, right? And then they drafted Traylon Burks. And then remember, Mike Vrabel got up out of his seat like because they, <laughs> they caught this part, right? He got up out of his seat and walked away. And it was like, well, he damn sure wasn't happy with that pick, right? Wow. And then you move forward, right? The GM is is let go. I think it, it became a, a me or him type situation, right, with the GM. And, you know, the owner had to make a decision. Yeah. He made a decision to keep Mike Vrabel. During his time at Tennessee – Mike Vrabel has been a defense and run game type of guy, right? So I'm I'm trying to figure out w- what is he, right? Like, is he trying to open this thing up and he wants that top quarterback? Or is he a guy that believes in defense in the run game? Because, I mean, we you don't believe he would trade up for Will Anderson, but would he? Like, that, that's kind of, you know, wh- where I'm at, right? I have, I have no idea because I don't see him wanting to groom a young quarterback neither. Like, he's a former defensive guy. You know how those former defensive coaches are. Like, they have very little patience and tolerance for young quarterbacks. They just do. And Vrabel is not in year one, right, where the clock is starting. Now, he's in year three, four, 
five somewhere around there right like he, he's been a head coach for a couple of years so he has to get this thing going so i thought it was rather interesting to hear those reports but i wonder what quarterback because number three is this you very well could be looking at the situation where the two most pro-ready quarterbacks cj Stroud and bryce young could already be off the board so does Vrabel feel confident in developing anthony richardson and will levis that quickly right and and, and talk about Anthony Richardson to the Tennessee Titans, you have Will Levis, right? Which offers you the same athleticism, maybe not as strong arm, but he the guy has a strong arm, right? And it was still the same developmental issues that were kind of with Malik Willis that could be said about Anthony Richardson. So I don't know if he's going that route either. So DP, I have no idea. I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. I, I've tried to outline this. We've had this topic since yesterday, and I, I have no idea. Now, I, I'm I'm with you, and and you make some good points, man. Like, cause the the question for me was the same same thing that you posed: Is Mike Vrabel really in the business of developing a young quarterback? Like, yeah, I, I don't really see it myself. But it's like, man, you moving up to three, and it's like, bro, like, I you need tackle, right? Like, so so it's like, okay, what positions do you need the most? You need tackle. Like, you need to fix this offensive line. Taylor Lewan's gone. The offensive line is not as strong as it has been in the past. You know, yes, you know, edge rusher could be a, a, a position of need, right? Um, but it's like, okay, you also don't have a QB of the future, or no one believes you do. It's not Ryan Tannehill. He's a middling starter. He's a, he, he's a bridge quarterback to me. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, I wouldn't sign him unless I'm drafting. A, no, matter of fact, I'm not even signing if I have a young quarterback coming in because this is the same guy that said my job is to help Malik Willis get along, you know, get up to speed. I don't want that guy in my locker room when I have a young quarterback in, in, in the house, right? Like them bringing in through the draft. So I don't really foresee like he's a, he's a, he's a middling starter, right? So I don't really, they, they don't have that situation figured out. So I'm like, all right, where are y'all going with it? Is this, if this no, week at the I'm... draft night and you trade up to three, like, I mean, I, I won't know. I won't believe it's a quarterback until it's selected, Keith. <laughs> and, and, DP, let's talk about this point. You scout the Tennessee Titans. So, at the Draft Network, right, during the during the year, we, we have 10 teams each, right, that we're assigned to. One of DP's teams is the Tennessee Titans. So, you're very familiar with this team. And the offensive line issues have been well documented, right, over the past year. So, my, my thing is this, that, is a young quarterback even ready to step in, right? Like, could you have a trailer? Like, look at the receiver call. You have Kyle Phillips. And we talked about this yesterday, right? Kyle Phillips, very specific, right? Traylon Burks is trying to turn a page on what he can do. Robert Woods is in Houston now, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. he's not he, he's not there. So what does this receiver core look like, right? So no O-line. Yeah, a receiver core that's, that's, that's average at best, right? On the very best day is average. So – how does a young quarterback step into this situation? I, I don't even know if they're ready for a young quarterback. Like, this is not a team that I would look at and be like, they're a young quarterback already, right? Like, I, I thought that this would be a team that had been in a Jimmy G sweepstakes. Or if not, you might just have to stand pat with Ryan Tannehill. Like, unfortunately, you won a couple more two ga- couple more games than what you should have, right? Because I don't see the reason in trading up and then selecting a young quarterback and then trying to find the pieces to put around them. You might as well wait till next year and then figure it out from there and see where you stand. And then, you know, just let Ryan, I guess, let Ryan Tannehill see what you have in Malik Willis because you've only gotten a couple snaps. And I get it. That may be unpopular, DP. But, 
you know, because I think yeah, what Josh Dobbs had to come in and things like that. But I mean, if you're if you're talking about a, a quarterback with tools, he has tools. He ha- he has a strong arm. He can run. Tailor some things to him. See what you can and cannot do with him. And guess what? At the end of the day, if you play bad, you're going to be selected in the top five, and you don't have to worry about moving all of these possible draft assets or team assets to get up into the top three when you're possibly not ready for it. Keith, I think we, in our very first episode back in February on the 13th, um, when we took over this pod, what was that? What was the topic, right? What was the leading topic? That Jalen Hurts was the new model for the developmental dual threat quarterback. Use the same logic with Malik Willis, if anything, right? Get some weapons, build this offensive lineup, and use him in a similar way, and then see what you have in him. But like you said, you get you fast forward to, to, to a year from now, Keith, and you're drafting top two in the draft, guess what? You got a really good shot at, uh, you know, who is uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May at quarterback. You know what I mean? As a, if you're in the top two of the 2024 draft selection. So, but no, I, I, I think to your point, this is not an offense in terms of weaponry. That They even talks about trading Derrick Henry. I'm just sitting there like, what are we doing right now? Like, you know, what what, what direction are we heading? I think, I think that's you know? the thing with Tennessee. Nobody knows what direction they're going. I don't, you don't think know they know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think it was good. I think it was okay. And then now they realize, like, damn, this is not too good. The GPS man. is definitely broken. Like, yeah, they, they have they, no idea they, where they're going. It's something where they want to fix it. But they're just not sure how to fix it. How so to, yeah. I, I think you draft and and you you add another piece. You see where you at, and then you head into the season with that. I'm not sure about moving up to number three to select a young quarterback, especially mm-hmm. if Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is going to be off the board, and you're dealing with two more developmental quarterbacks. With DP, listen, man, we knocked out those Tennessee Titans. Had a good conversation about them. We'll see, right? And they may make that move, and then. They may be right, and then we're going to have to come up here a year later and talk about how we were wrong, but I'm not betting on it. I'm not betting on that part, DP. <laughs> Listen, man, coming up next, we have Stock Up, Stock Down. You know, me and DP, we're in the we're in the trenches right now, man. We're rolling through all 200 prospects. We're going through them by position, man. We just finished up O-line. We're into linebackers and DN. So, man, coming up next, man, we're going to talk about our Stock Up, Stock Down guys who – we finally got a chance to get eyes on who we feel like stock fell a little bit. And then guys who be watching, we like, you know what? No one's talking about this guy enough. He's a very talented football player. So, man, y'all make sure to tune in with us. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, guys. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to threes, dream, uh, markets, uh, spreads, money lines, all of it, player props, exclusive bets, and FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel slash FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. The stock market's open, Keith. The stock market is open. It's always open. open. trades 24-7. (laughs) (laughs) So now we got to talk about some of these players, man, that's that's rising, right? The stock's up, and you might want to invest some coins in it, and you might want to go ahead and sell your shares on some guys, Keith. So who's up for you right now? Man, who's up? So I'm I'm, I'm in the, the 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 thick of it with the linebackers, man. And Clemson linebacker Trenton Simpson, stock 
all the way up, man. I'm buying shares on this guy. This is a very talented player. This is a skilled player. Um, and so from the 2021 to 2022 season, um, obviously Clemson, they lost defensive coordinator Brent Venables. He went to Oklahoma. And they had a change in Trent Simpson's alignment, right? So he moved kind of from that that nickel position, right, where he lined up over the second and third wide receiver to playing more in the box. But, man, when I watched him, I thought this guy was extremely talented. I think what it did was was showcase that he's an even more well-rounded football player. You're talking about a guy that ran a 4-4 flat 40 at the NFL Combine. He's explosive. He's physical. Um, the, the speed is there. And I don't want people to get confused Trenton Simpson with Isaiah Simmons because I think when I say that, you know, when I describe that type of player, right, a versatile mm-hmm. hybrid can play some safety, play some linebacker, blitz off the edge. Everybody's going to automatically uh, correlate and, and make the connection of, OK, Isaiah Simmons, who may have struggled a little bit thus far in the NFL. Right. I think that's fair to say. Trent Simpson is a different player, man. You Like this guy is not just a versatile athlete playing football. He's a football player that turns out to be a versatile athlete and that's the part that i can stick with that's the part that i like so man stock all the way up for this guy i think he's a very talented player i know you mocked him to the new york jets in your latest um you know mock draft 7.0 man go check it out at the draft network i think he's a very talented football player i think he instantly impacts whatever defense he 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 gets drafted to no you know i i love that keith and i know some people even some scouts don't know where the play, where they want to play him. They don't know on the football linebacker, field. On the, <laughs> plain and simple, right? On the football field. I don't know if he's a linebacker or safety. I think he's a wheel linebacker that run and chase the ball and protects yep. the perimeter. And, and you and you get a guy that can blitz and run off the edge. I, I really like him, and I agree with you. I like linebacker D. Winters, man. Um, Keith, like, I see a guy. That, that's a guy that really impressed TCU. me, man. TCU. I, I really – came into it like not knowing a whole lot about him you know in terms of, i didn't get a chance to really study him um as the season was going on i watched him live but like that michigan game right like what i loved about that game the most keith is he heard all the talk about them running three three five heck i was saying it they ran it three three five you know michigan's gonna run it right down their face and early in that game that first i think it was like a first run or so first couple runs and you know michigan took it you know they, they gave it to him right but after that, D. Winters understanding that I got to come downhill. I got to trigger, play physical, right? They played with a chip on their shoulder. He was, to me, he was the leader of that. The way he triggered off the ball, playing from stack backer, playing the, the will. He even played some Sam, too, depends on the strength of the offense, the offensive strength that he would line up. And just his run fits. When you got three down linemen, your linebackers got a run fit. And they, have, they can't be afraid to get dirty and get in the mix. And he was not afraid of that. But I also... I believe there's such a uh, there's there's a good upside with him as a three down player in coverage. You know, I see him manned up on tight ends at times. I see him dropping off in, into the, into the the quick curl of flats or quick middle hook zones and take away quick routes, especially in the RPO game. With the RPO being so prevalent in the NFL today, Keith, that's a you need a linebacker like that. You mm-hmm. need a guy that you could put at either Sam or Will. He's got a you know good frame now. You know, you want to see him not like get caught in the wash dealing with climbing offensive linemen and whatnot, but, you know, he, he's patient. He does the whole slow until you know mantra, and you see that with him. So, for me, man, I think his stock is up. This is a linebacker group that I think day two is where the value is, Keith. I think day two is the value for these linebackers, and you can get yourself a, a, a good starting linebacker to fit multiple fronts and schemes in this class. And, and like I said, D. Winters is, is stock up for me, man. 
Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that, man. D Winners is somebody that's in my region, <clears throat> and I gave him a, a like he's he was in my region last year. Also, I had TCU back to back years. He's somebody I gave a high third round grade to last year. Mm-hmm. I thought he's a very draftable prospect. So to hear you come on here and talk about him, man, I, I I feel good about that, right? Because if some of these guys, you know, you watch and then everybody else haven't got to him yet. You're like, okay, I must be in this on my own, man. But listen, stock down, man. We we have to talk about you know guys who may have fell a little bit. And while we're going through these linebacker play, you know, linebacker evaluations, watching the tape, man, one guy that's a very hot name that I'm not as high on, and that's Iowa's linebacker Jack Campbell, man. The, mm. the more I watch these linebackers, um, I think his lack of athletic ability, sideline to sideline, it shows more. I think this is a, a B gap to B gap, maybe C gap to C gap player, right? Like limited range. Um, and it always looked, DP, that he was always like one step slower, right? Like it, it was like all, like he was a almost there type of player, man. And, and that consistently showed. Um, there are some high-level plays. There are some good plays with him playing Mike Backer. But I think with seeing the, the high second round and, you know, you know, he's the number one backer, I just – I don't know about that. That I have I – have, well, matter of fact, I know about it. I'm out on it. He's not the number one linebacker, right? Um, I, I think he's a good football player. And, you you, you know, you've seen comps to like Leighton Vander Esch and things like that, but – if if I had to say Leighton Vander Esch, I think it's the the late the the latter Leighton Vander Esch. Right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that guy because this guy, like I said, the the step slow part kind of just scared me. And it was not just him in coverage, but it was even in the run game, right? I think he sees it well, but I just think getting there, staying square, being in position to strike. There were a lot of times that even when he did pursue, he 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 was up high. He over-pursued, running backs were able to cut inside of him. So that's the part that scared me. I do think this is a guy that will start in the NFL. You will see him make plays. But when you're talking about just break it down a little bit, right, just stock down just a little bit, I have to go with Jack Campbell. Uh, no, nah, that, that caught me off guard but because I, I, I like Jack <laughs> Campbell, but I do agree with you in terms of the athleticism, right? I think he's a 3-4 middle linebacker that's going to be that splatter guy. You know, yeah. you know, for those who know what that term is, split or splatter, he's going to be the guy that's going to trigger downhill and, a, and his, his teammate, you're right, he's going to blow it up. He's a throwback backer. He's a throwback middle linebacker, man, that you would have seen playing in the early 2000s and things like that. Like I said, the B gap, the B gap, potentially C gap, the C gap is there. I like his instincts for the most part. Like you said, he sees it well, but definitely he's somebody that you want going forward more than you want going backward. And, yeah. and that's that's going to be the big thing for him. Man, for me, stock down, and I, I, I viewed him highly in the summer, Keith, is uh, Florida defensive lineman Gervon Dexter, man, and, and you know I've this is interesting. High. Okay, I, I, talk about it. Talk about it because man, well, I, I'll let you go ahead and then I'll I'll, I'll comment on. Man, it's it's tough because like the tape just like you know the tape was not what I expected it to be, Keith. You know, and, and, and everybody like you know I saw a guy that why wow, he's physically he's what six six almost six seven somewhere in there, you know two hundred and ninety pounds, big long frame. But I just like the high pad level, the guy that just didn't have, were able to work with a great leverage. And then his get off wasn't great, you know, off the ball, you know, coming off the ball with bursts and, you know, at least enough quickness to really engage and get into, um, you know, into the into the uh, offensive line and the blockers. I didn't see a guy that was overly disruptive, not like I did last year. Now, I do believe that if I remember correctly, hearing that. Their defensive line rotation, they didn't have all the bodies they were supposed to have this season, so he was playing more snaps than he was supposed to. But it's like, man, you know, I just really had – 
I think it's like I had higher expectations off of what I saw in the summer because I really liked him in the summer coming off of 2021. But the 2022 tape left just it left me wanting more from him, Keith. Yeah, I, so I I agree with the left wanting more, right? And there's two. There's I'm gonna agree with you on one part, and then one part trying to put things in in perspective or just how I view them, right? Um, I agree. There are there, there's some very disappointing snaps with Gervon Dexter, especially when you see what he could do, right? Like this guy, he has the physical ability to be dominant. I think that's the thing, right? When you watch him, you watch him move. You're talking about a 6'6", 300 guy that's fluid, right? And and he had the flash play against Will Levis when he sacked Will Levis. And it's like, man, I, I think you can do this every play, but you don't, right? Like you just don't, man. And like you said, he plays high. Um, So those are the question marks, man. But the thing was with Gervon, I watched Gervon, and I agree with that evaluation. But my question is this, DP, in this draft class where you have some of these other defensive linemen who have been somewhat disappointing, I think he's right in the mix, right? I think he's right in the mix with those guys because there are other defensive linemen with tape that's up and down, right? So I think while it's disappointing, I think some of the potential is still there. And that's where I, I kind of fell in with the conversation around Gervon. I don't know what you gave him. I think I, I still gave him like a high third to second round grade. I know he performed athletically test off the charts, but the film was some question marks. Yeah, I gave him a three. I still gave him a three. He's, you know, I ain't drop him off in the, the day three or anything. I still gave him a third round grade. Like I said, and like you said, everything that you said is true. We, we know when you watch him, you see the frame, you see the physical ability, and he tested well. You know what he could be. So it's now it's very similar to the Zach Pickens uh, from South Carolina discussion, right? Like yeah. another toolsy, athletic, strong, long arm, you know, you know, kind of rusher that plays on the interior. But it's like snap to snap consistency evades them both. So it's like okay, as an NFL coaching staff, as a scout, you're going to tell the coach, like, listen, he could be a monster, but you might have to wake up this sleeping giant. You know what I mean? You might have to wake him up and get him to. Fig- we got to figure out why he's been so inconsistent. Um, you know, from snap to snap. But if you can get him on a consistent pathway, you know, like I said, an investment in, on day two, it's not it's not a bad investment at all. Um, it's just for me, I, like I think me and you both coming out of the summer had him kind of higher. Like I had him. Yeah, second, I used to rank like, him all the first, time. Yeah, as a first, first round guy, put him in my mock draft. He was a top three defensive tackle, yeah. which you know that, that's questionable now, um, especially watching the film. But man, a guy with a lot of potential. Um, but I do agree that, you know, it, like based off of where the stock was that, you know, you had to lower that price a little bit, right? Just have to lower it a little bit. But DP, 10% man, listen, off, baby, 10%. <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, we, we knocked out, stocked up, stocked down. Next up is Coach K's key thoughts. See, the, the key to it, DP, is to slow down when you say it, man, and you don't have any tongue twisters. But coming up next, man, I was thinking about this draft order, um, and it may be one specific team that I think they might, they, they might need to go acquire Lamar Jackson. So mm. coming up next, we're going to talk about that. It's time for Coach K's Key Thoughts. I slowed it down. I told you know you, I, told I, mean? I chopped this screw to just a little bit. <laughs> I chopped the screw just a little bit. Coach K, talk to us, hey, man. DP, What's that stop key right up, baby. You must have knew what I was thinking, man. You said chopped and screwed. <laughs> right? You said chopped and screwed. What is chopped oh, and screwed? No. In, oh, in no. H-Town. In H-Town, oh, DP. No. So you know who needs to trade for Lamar Jackson? Those Houston Texans, 
Don't waste your time. Go trade Lamar Jackson. And let me tell you why, DP. Let's talk about it first, baby. It's a thought. Let me let me just, you know, I got to have my thought, man. <laughs> so, listen, think about it. The Houston Texans, they have two first-round picks this year. Mm-hmm. They have two first-round picks next year. So, that's a total of four first-round picks, right? Mm-hmm. So, right now, you're sitting at a C.J. Straw to Bryce Young, whichever one the Carolina Panthers don't take, you will have to take, right? But Lamar Jackson is a proven commodity in the NFL, right? So you get a proven commodity. You have you have two this year. So you don't you don't necessarily have to trade both of your picks this year. You can trade your 12th pick this year, right? Because you have what three, two and twelve. You have two and twelve. You have two and twelve. So you you keep two, you trade twelve, right? Then next year you trade your second first round pick from next year's draft. So you still have two first round picks. If you're still trying to acquire your draft capital, right? You still have the second overall pick. You trade with a team. You trade that second overall pick. You move down just a little bit. You may pick up an extra third round, but you're still in the first round to get an offensive lineman, to possibly get Quentin Johnston, to get a cornerback if you want someone to go opposite of Derek Stingley. And your franchise quarterback situation is solidified, right? You sign Laramie Tunsil. I think you have Titus Howard coming back. You have Kenyon Green, right? You have Damian Pierce. Now, you're, the, the most thing is that you're trying to put weapons around Lamar Jackson. So you still have all your draft picks. You have all your draft picks next year. So this can, I think if you get Lamar Jackson, this can be a quick turnaround because you have four first round picks. And essentially what you did was this, you turned the Sean Watson into Lamar Jackson plus draft picks. I think that's a winning situation because you're just getting rid of two first rounders, which you have two surplus first rounders. That's, that's not a, you know what? You almost you you kind of sold me on this a little bit. You kind of sold me on this. The one thing I will say that's probably that would more than likely the Ravens are, you know, I, I expect them to be hard bargains, right? So yeah, they they'll probably take the first round pick this year and next, right? Put them in position. You know, it just depends on what they want to do. Because like I say, if they look at the quarterbacks this year, like okay, if they want Anthony Richardson, hey Houston, you can keep twelve. We're gonna need two. Because we're sending you Lamar Jackson. We're going to need that second pick. But if they are of the mindset of not competing for the playoffs this year, say, listen, we can get Drake May, we can get Caleb Williams next year, then you can keep two. We'll take 12. We'll add a Quentin Johnston or JSN or somebody to this receiving core, and then we'll roll with probably Tyler Huntley or somebody at quarterback, and then next year go you know, go after, use their first round next year and the first round pick from Houston uh, to go up and get one of these quarterbacks. For Houston, like, I, like I said, I don't mind if, if you give if you were to give up two, and still add re- another receiver at twelve, right? You got Lamar Jackson, you add a receiver at twelve, you still got a pick in the second round, right? So you can still continue to add offensive line help if you so, need it on the interior or not, defensive not to help. Cut you, not to cut you off, DP, but just to outline it for this year, they have two two first rounders, mm-hmm. one second rounder. And then you still have two third rounders. So right in that sweet spot of the draft we were talking about. So see, like you, you might have sold me on this, Keith Sanchez. <laughs> I might be investing in Houston trading for Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't hate it because when you when you and, first and said it, about, I was like, whoa. Yeah, and think about the division, right? We just talked about right. the shambles that Tennessee is in. Um, Indianapolis, they should be a team we talked about. Should trade for Lamar Jackson. You go ahead and right. beat them to the punch, man. Now, now think about what that looks like. You have the Miko Ryan's on the defensive side of the ball. Then you have Lamar Jackson, and you mm-hmm. building that roster out. In two years, you re- you locked and loaded, and you're ready to go. Listen, 
You make some good points there, brother. I can't even dispute that. You make some really good points. Uh, you know what? I'm all in. Lamar Jackson to Houston. I'm all in on that. I'm on, I'm on the train. I'm on the train. You you keep those pick, those those day two picks and continue to build up this roster offensively and defensively. Lamar Jackson, Damian Pierce, John Mechie, you know, grab a JSN or a Quentin. I would say a Quentin Johnson to truly level out, you know, in terms of size and athleticism, get Lamar that big target that he's been missing that he hasn't had even in Baltimore. You know, with D'Amico Ryan's at the head as the head coach, somebody that yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm in on it. I'm in on it. I'm in. <laughs> coach K's key thoughts has got a he's got a buyer in DP. You got it's, it's got me in guys. But listen, we appreciate y'all. Every time that y'all tune in with us, tapping with us, appreciate everybody for all the love and support, man. Uh, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. We thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. Uh, tap back in with us all week long, Monday through Friday. Uh, for Keith Sanchez, you can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.